0: <laughs> Run our walkers through the mud. Chasing bucks on the ground, bring them back to the barn, it's time to throw down. Chase turkeys off the roost, way back in the pines, just a few miles down from Natalie Lake County sign. If a pig comes around, we blow a hole right through, that's how we roll down here in the 352. Hey guys, welcome back to the 352 hunting podcast, I'm your host Jesse Johns. And while we still have him, we got Jonah with us. Two more days. Two more days. And then you're going again. Yep. So it's starting that
1: time. Everybody's really gearing up for deer season. You mean, you got a handful of these states to do these early season velvet hunts. So that's right around the corner. Um, You got your South Florida stuff. What? Two weeks? Three weeks? A couple weeks. South Florida will be kicking off on it. Third week of July, I think. But, um... Yeah, I've heard of some guys talking about bucks down there chasing already, all that kind of stuff, hard horns. So I know them guys are gearing up for it, but we're still doing our prep stuff and all that steady. So I've been in and out, going to Georgia, doing some early season hog hunts, all that kind of stuff. So we're just going to dive into what we got going on this this past week, week and a half since we've been on and That's- kind of roll with that
0: see where we're going from here
1: yep so anyway um let's go ahead and knock out some questions go ahead and get into this one we come in here a little bit early today um it's thundering and lightning and raining it's been raining since eight nine o'clock this morning
0: yeah i come here today with a cup of coffee instead of a beer
1: <laughs> that's odd for you
0: yeah well i mean i didn't say i didn't have a beer with the cup of coffee but i was driving to gator and Got sidetracked, started talking to the pavers, and next thing I knew, I drank all the damn coffee, and I was still not over here.
1: Yeah, so... It's a long commute. Oh, it's it's terrible. Same for me. So, anyway, um, let's go ahead and dive in these questions, which we got some stuff coming up with Primo Knives. Um, I know he's been building some Knives and stuff like that, so we definitely got some stuff coming up with him. So, definitely be looking out for that. We got to get more back into that kind of stuff working with these guys i know they're they've been busy we've been busy but we're going to definitely continue to work with it with primo knives and all that kind of stuff going on
0: yeah he's got me a filet knife he built he's working he's slow right now his wife's fixing to give birth i might have already given birth to their child and he's been remodeling his house and everything else so we've just you know he kind of told us today man i'm super busy right now trying to get stuff done and just bear with me and we understand we get busy too so he gets back in the swing of things i'll get my fillet knife and my brother got one and then he's got some other things coming out with us so we should have him here by early fall yep absolutely so well, let's go ahead
1: knocking out some questions i know you you got them on your phone i don't i didn't ever take a screenshot of them so you got them so if you
0: want to go ahead all right first one is what colors do y'all prefer on your arrows
1: Arrows or lighted knocks? It says arrows. I think it probably means lighted nocks, I would say. Or fletching. I mean, we'll that's what answer both of them. Yeah. I like my green lighted knock. Yeah, I, I've always been a green lighted knock. I just feel like it illuminates a little bit better than the other colors. Same thing with my... um, My my sights. I usually use green and red because they illuminate a lot better than say for your like your yellows
0: and then you got lighted knocks. Inox- that are white. I mean Yeah, those are kinda of hard to you start looking at your pins, I always thought like red, yellows, colors like that'd be easy to see in your pins, but I'm telling you late at night time when it gets right about dark, green is the easiest color to see. Yeah. So
1: but yeah, um far as fletching wise, yeah, I'm no preference on that. I whatever color they come. Yeah. I know I'm We'll dive into that when we dive into this episode. I got a lot of stuff as far as personal um, stuff going on my photography stuff right now. So we'll dive into that stuff throughout this episode. So I'm going to be switching arrows, doing all that kind of stuff this year. So, but um, I've been going up there with Zach some and he's been working. We've been working on some arrows and stuff like that up there, getting some fletchings on some new arrows and stuff like that. So trying some different um fletchings and just trying different going from a 3 to a 4 I say y'all trying a 4 vein yet? Yeah, and then um just trying some different stuff, different weights and stuff like that to try to get some different like I said, I got some stuff coming up I'd definitely dive into on this episode that I got coming up. So probably I'm going to be switching arrows this year and all kind of different stuff, so
0: Yeah. But anyway, you got another one on there. How many we got? About three this week. Okay. This middle one right here is from good old Mr. Gonzalez. How many beers does it take to frame in a porch?
1: Where that question comes from this past not this past weekend, the weekend before, we um we got some rental properties that we got and we um we worked on some porches and stuff and when we were on the roof, your my co host here decided it was not a very smart idea to start drinking alcoholic beverages when he was on the roof but granted when we got down and it was were, on
0: we were framing in a porch he, he started with it so well I can tell you now if anybody out there in this land of the world seen that roof with nothing on it or even with the tin on it you knew good well you didn't want him to be drinking in on that roof at the same time i think it was about a five to one if not steeper and when you pulled it the tin was covered in like a slime, yeah, from being under oak trees. So, and there was nothing at the bottom to catch you but ground. Mm-hmm. And once you pulled the tent off, there was no decking under it. It was just straight rafters. Yep. So, so, yeah, there was no uh, there was no bueno. Plus, it was only like I don't know, one hundred eighty-five thousand degrees up there too. Oh yeah,
1: you mean especially when you got that new metal down. You were you had sun coming up from the top
0: and from the bottom reflecting off that metal yeah you thought you were just baking in the sun so yeah well we got down on the porch they added a porch and a little extension on the front of the house and we got down there and it was sunday afternoon and we'd been on it for three days then and i was like it's time to start drinking beers boys yeah we've done what we we have done killed ourselves for two and a half days now it's time to take a break and enjoy these last couple yeah when i seen the I seen a lot in the tunnel. We got all them damn boards up around. And that's when Zach showed up, jumped up there and helped. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: shit, we were, by then I was already drinking. and But we got on the scaffolding and we had that thing walled in, framed in, painted, picked up, cleaned up. And shit, it looked good when we left out of there. Yep, absolutely. So
1: anyway, well, that's where that question come from. But
0: what's your third one? It was, craziest thing y'all have ever seen hunting. That could be a multiple points. Multiple yeah. part series there.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know what's the craziest thing. I've seen some
0: Seen some wild not really, I don't know. Not too wild, I guess. when we had David's dog come down here one day when we were down here turkey hunting and come down here and decided he wanted to come grab your decoy. Yeah, he was wanting to mess with the decoys. Um In the time that he was up front up there screaming, Help, I'm stuck
1: yeah, you mean I've seen some stupid people on public land. You mean I I seen a seen a man or woman come and woman coming walking down a little log and with one of them little can bleeps just walking and Wait. turning turning ah. their turning their can over walking. I'm like, I hear them come What the hell is that coming? And here to come, walking right by me, just turning their can. Um, uh, don't be that person, please. Um. Other than that i mean i I haven't been I know some people have seen some wild stuff in the woods and stuff like that over the years, but i I ain't been i mean I've seen your fair share of dogs and weird people on public land and stuff like that but I mean occasionally we'll see like down there where we run dogs at you'll occasionally see a like somebody stole a truck and go down there and set this thing on fire in the woods and dump it. Yeah, they'll dump it and set it on fire, but you I mean that's that's more common for us down there. It Shoots at about one a year.
0: We'll we'll see one somebody yeah. does that, but I seen a at one time there one time in Georgia up there there at the oak tree. And I was at my box stand. I killed a shot a pretty decent buck there at a box stand. And I heard him. He ran up. He ran behind the oak tree down there and crashed down in that bottom. Mm-hmm. But he didn't get very far. I mean, he didn't get twenty yards over the bottom. I heard him pile up. I just sat in the box stand, and stayed there. I bet you I gave him 20, 30 minutes at the most, and I get down, and I, I, mean, I knew I was like I just walked straight to him. I get down walk down there straight to him, and a damn wildcat had already found him and ate the damn ham out of the back of him and already covered him up with leaves. I go down there, all there was is a damn horn stuck up, and a damn bobcat looked like he was, bobcat looked like he's in a damn litter box covered, and he covered him up with a bunch of damn leaves down there. I'm like, what in the fuck? I mean, you would have thought I would have heard him down there in them damn leaves, and even then, he must have been sitting there waiting on him when he crashed over the damn hill. Yeah, but he sitting here. I mean, he had to been busier to cat covering up shit in the damn litter box, cause <laughs> that's what it had to look like out there. Yeah, you I mean,
1: well, he was saving it for later, but he,
0: yeah, he didn't save it for later. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of like coyotes finding them overnight, stuff like that. You coming back while like, you got your horns stuff. I've seen everything like that, but I mean, that was in the morning time at like eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning, and it. it I didn't give him twenty thirty minutes. He was at the hungry. Moment. He was like I said. He was sitting there waiting. Yeah,
1: he was hungry. But anyway, yeah, like I said, I think that's. If I think of anything, maybe next episode we will.
0: Yeah, because there's so much shit that I've seen that I just don't remember.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll just continue that question on next episode. We'll think about it and we'll we'll regroup with that one.
0: Dog backed up, shit in your wheel of your truck. Yeah, just
1: just just pitily stupid stuff that's happened over the years. You I mean, you just when you got to think, I mean, gun jamming, shoving them. Yeah. The because you I mean, I'm 28 year 30 and you you've been hunting since you were knee-high you a grasshopper and so have I and you I mean to just hunt for 25 27, 28 years now, you mean you just, over the years, you see...
0: So much shit that you just forget it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So Or it just
0: becomes normal. Some of the stuff that I see is just normal to me that's just wild to other people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, but anyway, well, um, that was the three questions we had this week. We appreciate everybody sending them in. Keep sending them in because it definitely gives us, you mean, oh. stuff that we can't even we don't think about some of this stuff and it gives us topics to, to talk about and everything. And hopefully everybody that listens, enjoys this part too. Cause I you mean, know, it kind of brings y'all in. Yeah, and,
0: I like the questions.
1: Oh yeah. You mean when I come, when I thought about the idea, I was like, you mean, it just brings you guys and part of this. And you mean, I know we kind of ramble sometimes or we'll just roll through a podcast episode talking about what we got going on. But you mean, y'all definitely have any questions when it comes to, what we're talking about, definitely send it in. We definitely would like
0: to answer it. So Yeah, and you don't know how many DMs we get with people asking us questions all the time. New new hunters or people that are starting to try to hunt in Florida or public land. I mean, we get people all the time asking us like, hey, man, we listened to your podcast. We have learned a lot, but we need, you know, what's more information that you guys have or whatever. And, And a lot of times these questions that you guys ask and we answer, other people are listening to them and they learn something off of it. For sure, absolutely. So
1: anyway, all right. Well, we're gonna take a short break. We'll dive into this episode. We'll pretty much just get into what we've had go on here recently and what what's in the future for us right here. Yeah.
0: Record deer season, and I'm hooked. Let I me mean, shoot and miss one right out of the gate. Katie barred damn doors. I'm coming for you. And Not every would be back in York. My season was over seven yards, you better hold it like a rifle,
1: honey. Open for a double. Copy that. <laughs> good? I'm good. Well,
0: we're starting to get shaped up for this fall, I feel like. We're getting there. That's what we just just talking about before we got back on here, is trying to get plans worked out here for the next couple weeks. Yeah, we need to, you need to consistently try to
1: Keep feeding your stuff and all that, and I need two too. And I mean, I'm starting to kind of gain some bucks and stuff back. It's my they just don't summer at my place, we just got a handful of does. I I mean, that's the plan for this early bow season here when Georgia opens is go up there and shoot a handful of does because it's just the the doe to buck ratio at my place is just way way out, and just need to start shooting some does so but since we've been on here um you've been continuing to just go to the coast and stuff do what you do your stuff over there and then um i made a trip last weekend to georgia and coming off of that weekend that i planted and i mean we got a significant amount of rain up there so everything come up but it's just you you got these guys that they want to go plant food plots and stuff. And they, I, I've had a bunch of people ask me what they should plant. And just for an example, a lot of people want to plant soybeans or iron clay peas. Cause you mean deer, that's generally what deer eat. You mean that's probably the most popular yep. thing for a deer's diet. So, but we plant like eight, eight and a half acres total. Mm-hmm. And even that, that amount of, property does not sustain deer which we got a a very high deer population where we're at granted but even that am- amount of land cannot because once they eat the top of them things off generally like when they're a week old or a week and a half old when they just because like an mm. iron clay pea will come up and it'll just split and it'll have two leaves that come off of it and generally the deer just eat them right off and then that plant's done done those so um which we still have some stuff coming up, which is you know what I mean it'll make some peas and it'll keep deer in the area and stuff like that. So but if you're trying to plant anything less than four or five acres, I would go a different route. I would go with that either that deer vetch or that sun, sun hemp. hemp. Yeah. Something yeah.
0: Millet of some sorts. Yeah.
1: Something that's got a very strong browse tolerance.
0: Yep. Yeah sunflowers corn i mean something that they can gnaw on that's not going to just die right out of the gate
1: yeah which that sun hemp grows like half an inch or an inch or every day yeah whenever it's in the growing process but anyway so yeah we went up there and i checked some stuff out i i got some stuff that i'm going to want to bow hunt so i ended up taking some we had it all laying here at the house for for the cows and stuff which We've got a new fence built so we really don't even need it there anymore we had some um electric fence the the whole solar panel everything poles everything i needed to do it so ended up sectioning about it's just over a half acre probably three quarters of an acre that I sectioned out right there that i can um uh, that we put hot wire around it and then i actually replanted it with some soybeans so I was gonna go iron clay peas but the soy beans were $30. Iron clay peas were like almost $60. Yeah. So planted that and, which I got a, actually a camera that's facing that direction. I haven't seen a deer in it. So, which I just think deer can sense that electricity going through that fence. Yeah. So, cause it, we can't, but a deer probably can. Electric fence actually gives an odor off. Um, so, I would say a deer can sense that and they haven't been around it, which what I did was cause I know a lot of people are going to have the question of, um, well, you, if you just put two strands or whatever, deer just going to jump right over that. But what I did was I, my outside row has two strands on it. One of them's about, about knee high. And the other one's about, um, about chest high, give or take. So, which granted a deer could either go under that or they could jump over that, but I come off of it, which that's the outside row. And then I come off of it and went about, I don't know, 30 inches to three foot and put it one single row, but it's directly in the middle, which would be about your belt line. Yeah. And it just, it gives a concept of it's, there's depth to it. Yeah. And like I said, I still think, I don't think a deer wants to go up to it because they can just sense that electricity going to it, but even if they did that it gives them that depth and they you know I mean it'd be hard for them to judge how the distance and that and so you know I mean and it's yeah. like
0: anything else one or two touches that fence they're gonna be like uh-uh yeah so
1: you know I mean even if there's other deer watching and one of them hits and he runs to the next county over i'd probably say they don't want to touch yeah. it either so i did that um been filling up feeders protein feed and stuff like that they've been hitting it pretty hard i know your deer's been annihilating your stuff what i think i went up this past weekend between me and you i think i got i got you 20 bags between corn and feed and i think i got myself i think it was like because i got a couple of spin feeders that i fill up and it takes them a while to empty out but i think i ended up getting like 18 bags so i think i had 38 bags on that trailer between feed and corn and
0: yeah, they'll eat that. Should delete that twenty bags and no time flat. They've been hitting it hard. Yeah. As it is now, which I mean I got all them I'm the opposite of Jonah, I got all the bucks this summer with me, so I'm over here feeding eights and tens and that big drop time buck and just uh two dozen young buck, year and a half year olds that are got small, you know, small eights, small sixes, fours and you know, just little raggedy things. And I do got a pretty good little does are starting to come in a little bit better now so i got a lot of does and last year's yearlings are hanging out so it is it's like jonah said it's it's impossible for me because even by standard even a lot of our food plots are on the bigger side being an acre acre and a half mm-hmm. you know blocks of food plot and we we plant about seven and a half acres or so every year of of actual food plot and I, and, and just the center of that hundred acres and I tried it last year and shit, they killed it as fast as they could come up. And I'm like, I'm not wasting the time, the money, the effort, the money I spent last year doing that and everything else. I'll just keep pouring the feed to them. And this fall, I'll go up there and herbicide the food plots, kill them and plant them in a rye mix, which I was talking to Jonah earlier about it. I said, I'm well, cause we were talking about, you know, just going and spraying. Cause we've talked about it before on the podcast with some of the land management guys and they say the best they to do is go out there and just herbicide it and then go out there and blow seed in, in, in there where you herbicide let the grass just lay down the dead grass lay down on top of the seed and it'll self germinate itself and i'm about the same thing i said you know i might go up there by end of august or so and go ahead and herbicide everything good spray it all to the damn ground on like friday and then go out there saturday afternoon with the spreader and go out there and spread a couple bags of some sort of millet or peas or beans just throw something out there into the grass and let it rot down on top of it and then mm-hmm. that grass will give it a buffer zone to come back up. So I think I might try to do that sometime there in August. Take a weekend to run up there.
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, and we're just trying to do as much as we can for the deer this time of year. And what I've noticed on your place, which I think when you sent me the trail cam pictures the other day of some of the deer you got, um, I think it was with Zach and I said something to him too, that, you mean, only really odd or non-typical for say that your deer have is that one deer with a drop time you have some really 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 clean deer this year far as pretty much perfectly symmetrical all them bucks that you got that I've seen that you've sent me which are your better bucks, but they're perfect eights tens as symmetrical as you can ask for so
0: granted I know you had a strand of bad genetics that was running through there which I, there's one or two in there. I, I've already seen them and I ain't showed them to you. I've got one or two. One or two right now that's just like that deer that my brother killed last year. That one of my brother killed his horn had broke off but um, I got one I got one on there at the Oak Tree and I think one over there close to the 66 acres or something. Somewhere. I've seen them. There's two of them in there but they've got that screwed up genetic in them where they're real strong on one side and just fall off on the other side but Generally, like you said, ninety percent of them right now are, even my younger bucks coming up are, you know, the the sixes and and the little four points and stuff like that. They're coming, they're coming pretty decent. Which, like I said, we burned a bunch in there yep. this year and everything else. But there's a couple of them in there that I wouldn't mind. Uh, if I could kill one with my bow, I probably would put it on the wall.
1: Yeah, which generally or really all your bigger. Mature looking bucks that I've seen that you've sent me so far are symmetrical, which is going to be your your breeder bucks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, um, so hopefully that'll continue because I know you over the years you've struggled with some bad genetics and stuff like that on your place. Which some of it's bad. You've had some really good genetics. You've had some split G twos, and which that drop time buck you're talking about, I seen that in that picture. That he's got. The the opposite side of his drop time, he's got a split G two, and you know, you you just I mean, that's you know not where a, he comes from. Yeah, that's not a common thing. So, um, which it's early right now, especially for me that I don't start getting mature bucks until about middle of August is when I start getting. Which, granted, they're not consistent there every single day, but I'm getting some higher age class bucks that's staying in the area and I'm seeing on camera, so which is good you mean that's what you
0: what you want though they're getting yeah. better and better, and like i said that that drop time buck he's probably the son off of that eleven point that I killed, and that eleven point's probably the son off of that one that nobody ever killed up there, mm-hmm. so there is that strand and like I said, it don't have to necessarily be the the daddy given a gene, it, that dad could have, it could have come out of a doe. Yeah. Because he could. could have passed it on to a doe. And I mean, I don't, there's no telling how many does or bucks around there have that genetic strand in them because it seems like every year we're getting at least one or two around. There. And like I got that picture I showed you, and I posted it on our, on our story. A lot of people have seen it. That deer is not that old. If you yeah. look at him, he's two and a half, three and a half max.
1: I would put him three and a half just because of horn size and just because he is a decent sized deer but you mean if you look at his neckline you look at his he don't have a sway back he don't have that big front shoulder he don't you mean nose ain't really that rounded yet you mean he's just got all characteristics of being a three and a half year old deer
0: yeah and like i said if we could if that deer could survive a couple more years he'd be a stud but you mean we are in you're in middle georgia in the middle of hunting season I showed him to my dad, and my dad's like, "Oh hell yeah, we're killing the shit out of that deer if he's still around." And I'm like, "You better hope I don't get to him first. Yeah. But so. you gotta
1: think. You mean
0: yours is not as much because you didn't
1: plant food plots this year? But you mean, just take your your property for example. How many acres did we burn up there? I mean, we we burned a significant amount of acreage on your place. I would say at least probably thirty to forty percent of that hundred acres. Yeah, the only thing we didn't burn was the creek bottom. So, you take that for instance, you mean, say, 40% of it's burned. You mean, that's a lot of feed, which, I mean, not everything that comes up after a burn a deer is going to want to eat. But, I mean, you get your new growth on briars and that kind of stuff.
0: It helps a lot, though. It puts a lot of nutrients back into the dirt. Yeah. So, even the, even the stuff that they do, you know, nibble on and graze on, stuff like that, that they're, you know, they forage on you know it's been burnt it's reproduced back out new shoots new growth and then soil health is a lot better so then it it that plant's going to be a lot better shape for
1: sure and you gotta think we're just
0: i wouldn't say we're just weekend
1: guys because we go up a lot during the summer a lot of times with your weekend guys they'll just go up right the end of august first of september and start putting feed out we do a lot more than that but you gotta think if we were we were residents right there and we lived there how how much more we we be doing for the deer and
0: oh yeah i wouldn't have to worry about going to try a herbicide and kill stuff because it already would have been herbicided and killed and i would keep an electric fence around like some of them places and keep summer food plots growing and once the stuff gets up you know shin deep or whatever and you can take the fence down and let them have it because then they'll, they'll never outrun it yeah but it's just a matter of that first you know that damn that first 30 days yeah which you got to kind of but if you lived there it would just be
1: and that's probably what i'm going to do with my fence is i'm going to let it get on up about like you said chin high or whatever because i don't want to i thought about it in different ways of do i need to keep the fence up till right before deer season or right before bow season but you got to get them deer more into a pattern you got to let them have it for a handful of weeks to get them in a pattern for them want to come to that place
0: yeah, exactly that's what a lot of people don't don't get it, is you can't just go out there the week before both season and pull that fence down. I think the deer's going to go straight to it. Yeah. They need some time getting it. Just cause they've been kept out of it for three months now or two months now. And then all of a sudden fence is gone. So they're going to be leery of it. getting and back in. And they're there.
1: not just walking right down the side of it to go around it either. They're they've changed their pattern. They've changed the way they come into other places and stuff like that. So, and I think another thing that you got to do, if you, for say, you want to put an electric fence up, you got to give them something. It's kind of a give or take because if you pretty much section off the whole the whole place and don't let them have a food plot or two, then they're just they're gonna find a way to get in there. But if you give them something, give them like a quarter of your food plot or give them another food plot on your place and block one off, you'll I think you'll do really well with it. But so, but I have seen I don't know if what you don't. The way your cameras are set up and stuff, you can't really notice it till you get there. But I've been seeing it on a couple of my cameras that they are hitting minerals like crazy right now.
0: Well, all the does are having yep. Those are having their fawns, and it takes mineral to make milk. And then bucks are growing horns, and it takes mineral to make horn.
1: Which I don't know what's the difference. I don't know if they just got accustomed to it being there, or they they need it more this year. They they had it like. But last year I put some minerals out. You mean a deer or two might have hit it, okay? But this year, you mean I? I this is what I do. I mean, because it's it's crazy to go spend how much ever. You mean because you pretty much pay the little mineral blocks that you can buy for deer at like any of your local sporting goods stores or even at a hardware store that sells deer stuff. Your little tiny mineral costs just as much as your big mineral for yep. cows. So what i do i mean what you do same thing you'll go buy the big mineral and then break it up with a hammer or an axe or however you can get it broke up and then you got four of them little blocks that you can split up between your place and stuff like that and that's what we do but um i got some stuff in sent to me the other day it's like some mineral that's already broke it's a powdered mineral and i spread that when we were up there last time and i don't know if it's just that mineral which they were they were getting on the other mineral just the regular mineral block that you feed your cows they were hitting it really really hard and i put this stuff up here and i'm getting pictures of deer coming to minerals before they come to the feed when they come come in there right now so it's just a
0: little things doing stuff like that you mean And and we've had we've had designated mineral sites for a nice place for 15 years. So once you get them set up in a spot, that's where they know to come to every year, your resident deer and even your non-resident deer, they'll follow the resident deer to it. And it's just a go-to spot. And and even the ground around it's going to keep getting better and better because like you said, they'll dig a damn hole as big as a five gallon bucket or 55 gallon barrel sometimes where they have it. And we do the same thing you do. We just, in the spring, we'll do it like twice a year, once early spring, and then once like end of turkey season, first of summer, we'll we'll refresh everything. But same thing we do is we'll go tractor supply wherever, go buy that range mineral block, the brown one. Take an axe, bust it up into chunks, and you know four chunks, and then we'll get four trophy rocks. They're a little bit more expensive, but they hold up a little bit better to the weather. And then we'll get a bag of that range mineral. Same thing we feed our cows, and we'll go out there to each one of our spots, take our shovel, start to dirt up, dig dirt, you know get it all kicked up we'll throw the we'll throw the, the the trace mineral block down throw a trophy rock on top of it and pour you know quarter bag of that of that range mineral around it and then toss some corner you know cornels a corner around it that way they know that's there and and shit like you said though they'll be they'll the they'll, one place that i do have mineral that's in camera site the camera's down and the feeder's got a hole in it due to the squirrels so you don't know what's coming there and the front one front camera it's dead but the deer come in behind it but it they they tear that up there's no reason to go out there and go buy a specific little block like you were saying the only thing that we were actually really spend money money on would be them trophy rocks and my dad just loves them damn trophy rocks so and they last all year and and they like i said they hold up to the weather a little bit better and you'll go up there and you'll see where they've they've polished that damn rock you can see your reflection in that damn trophy rock where they've licked on it
1: yeah and then Cause like mine within bigger blocks right now, only got really two spots running hard for as minerals right now. And they've got little holes. But they've licked in it. Yeah. They yep. just stay in one spot. They lick in the same spot. Yep. And so, but yeah, it's, it's definitely just, just a little things. You I mean you start adding it up and where I really seen it this year already, where I, I feel like the burns, the, the food plots, the, the protein feed, the minerals has really helped. I, I got a picture of a a doe and her fawn, and I mean, he the fawn was real small. I mean, it was just born a handful of days before I got the picture. Probably like one of the first times that she's actually brought the thing out. And I don't know if I showed you the picture or not, but she um, she wasn't sunk in. She wasn't. You couldn't see a rib. You couldn't see. You mean she looked like if you have took the fawn away from her, she would have looked like a doe that you mean is just that never had a fawn. Yeah. So you mean that shows that what you're doing is because that you got to think that fawn is already getting a head start on development because if the doe is in good health condition then she's going to be able to produce enough milk she that fawn's going to get everything out of that doe that can and especially if it's a buck you got to think i mean it's a little things like that that Instead of that buck being a four point, his first set of horns, he might be a little six, and it just it progresses him along a lot more than you mean. For say, if she was all poor and ribs and stuff, and she, because you mean in nature, the the doe is only going to be able to give as much as she's going to be able to give. She's still going to have to survive herself. Yeah. So she can't give everything up. So, but if she's in a lot better health, she can give a lot more to that fawn. So, you mean.
0: That's why you always see like public land deer always. uh, Public land deer are being 30, 40, 50 pounds smaller than say a private land deer. You go down and kill a buck down in Richland, it's like picking up a grown grown rabbit. You come to Georgia or even here around the house where we were at, you kill a good buck, good buck, same horns. It's a six point, you kill down there, six point here at the house. Hell, there would be a 30, 40, 50 pound difference because, you know, they're living on natural habitat, which is palmettoes and gallberries and shit yeah. around a damn pond. Around here, you know, they're getting fed up there. They're getting, you know, they're getting fed, mineral, everything else. So it just shows you that little bit goes a long ways. Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: you mean, there's nothing, as far as protein, you mean, when it comes to, you can feed any kind of protein feed, you'll never get as much protein, protein as, like, what you would in, like, soybeans or something like that. So, I mean, granted if you don't get enough acreage feed does well, but yeah. I mean, in it, and which we kind of change up feed. Cause right now, um, you've probably seen it whoever, wherever you're buying it from corn protein feed, it's the prices have significantly went up. So, um, we were feeding a lot of that 4s, which, granted, we, we're still going to feed that 4s and stuff because it's really good stuff. But um, right there, at that local hardware store that we got, we uh, they got that FRM.
0: So should be at F- Flint River Mills.
1: Yeah, that deer pellet, which is significantly, I think it's like six, six or seven dollars cheaper a than bag. a bag. So it definitely it adds up. But it don't. It's got it's twenty percent protein, just like the. 4s is but the 4s has got some more minerals and a couple more things that deer per se need
0: yeah so. and we still mix a bag of that 4s in you know in each feeder here and there just to add a little extra to it, a little extra to it but like i said when you're you're buying 38 bags at a time and that's going to last i mean for me my 20 bags that 20 bags that i got which is what 500 pounds yeah. Thousand pounds, five hundred pounds. I can't do math today, but Well, your twenty bags? Yeah. That's five hundred pounds of feed, I think. No. That's a thousand pounds of feed. Well, that's a thousand pounds. Well, they'll eat that thousand pounds in a week. So
1: it's a it Yeah. You put out I put I put out a half a ton
0: of feed for you. Well, they'll eat that this week. But you gotta remember you'll have you know, that one feeder at the scrub, there's six five or six eight points eating out of that one at the scrub every night. Yeah. Plus the little bucks. Then you got that one up front, which I mean, them big feeders up front, they work a lot better because they hold a lot more. That one up front holds 400 pounds and the one at uh, 66 acres holds 350.
1: Yeah. And then them 200 pounders you got. So, but I've got a lot of, George is going to be kind of hit or miss for me this year just because the sheer fact is I got a lot of stuff going on. You mean, which even when we were getting on here and I, we were missing weeks because I was out of town for turkey season because i was so busy with turkey season um i don't think deer is gonna is gonna be as bad i think i'm gonna be able to go and come and be back here some but um i've kind of sort of when i went full time on on my own with photography stuff that was kind of what i did but i'm not your normal say photographer i've kind of sort of grew up in the hunting industry and i've just learned how to run a camera really well and so i go to these places especially working for outfitters and stuff like that and they you get there and sometimes you're for say turkey hunting sometimes you're better turkey caller better as a hunter than some of the guides and stuff like that and a lot of these people they realize that and at the end of the day they hey can you just can, can you stay and guide a little bit or can you help us out a little bit or hey, can you do most of the calling when we go hunting? And so I'm like, so you're telling me that I'm going to be running this camera, trying to get all this on film and try to work that turkey coming in? So, but regardless of that, so I've picked up some, some guiding jobs and stuff like that throughout the hunting season, which, you I mean, my photography does pretty well too, but, I mean, I still get to be in the woods when I'm guiding, so.
0: Yeah, and plus you get to go hang out with your sugar mama and work and – do and you get to travel the country with her and go see all different places and yeah stuff like that so so it makes it a lot gives you a an outlet too because staring in florida or georgia all the time is does get old yeah
1: so and which i actually just um here recently and if you you follow me on social media you've probably seen the uproar of a lot of posts and stuff like that and if you follow Buckmaster's page you've probably seen some of my content on there so i'm actually working with them now getting content and going on trips and stuff with them so i know which it's terrible time for georgia because i it really wish i was in georgia the the week that i'll be actually going out to missouri deer hunting but it'd be hard to pass up a missouri deer hunt so the last week of october i'm going to be flying out there and hunting out there for a handful of days five six days so I got a lot of that coming up, so hopefully we'll be pretty good season for both of us. I know you mean you had not such a great season last year, so yours usually goes in waves. It's usually good year, bad year, good year, bad year. So this
0: should be on the uphill side of you as a good year. I had a good turkey season this year. Well, good turkey season in Florida this year, so I only went to Georgia once, so I got nobody to blame myself on that one. Yep. But I should. I'm hoping. All you can do is hope. and Do it, what you can.
1: Yeah, and what you with your the last good season you had, you were working out of town, which you worked four tens. So you got a whole another day to hunt. You got to think over a hunting season. That adds up, because I mean you're just hunting Saturdays and Sundays mornings. You mean you're you're talking if it's bad weather. Usually a two two days, you can pretty much count it out. But if you get that third day in, usually you'll hit at least one good day in the three-day hunt.
0: Yeah. So. It helped a lot because that's when I was working up there in Fernandina Beach. And I was, and they were letting me take my company truck to Georgia because it was just as close to go to Georgia as it was to come home. Yeah. So I'd drive up there Thursday night. We got off, we'd get off work at 3 o'clock on Thursday. Yeah. And I would drive up there. So I had Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because then I'd just get up Monday morning and leave and drive back to work. Yep. So I had three full, you know, three full days to hunt, which that, like you said, that was a lifesaver.
1: And which now you, mean, you've kind of sort of, granted you won't get that Sunday afternoon, but now you're going back to three-day weekend for you, Yeah, hopefully.
0: So it'll continue with that throughout your hunting season. Yep. I'll be able to go up on Thursday nights now and hunt, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, which is still, you're catching an extra two hunts out of it by having Friday off. Correct. Um. So, which to me, I, I've
1: always been. Which granted, I had really, really good luck last year in the morning, that one morning. But, um, I'm generally, I, I like the, I like them afternoon hunts, especially when it's calm, it's cool. You mean if you're setting like what we hunt is, we hunt generally a lot of big food plots and stuff. So, you mean you get them cool, real cool afternoons and stuff on right there into the prime time of the year. You mean you get a real good afternoon, it's just, you never know what's going to show up.
0: There's nothing else. You get to see 30, 40 head of
1: deer. Yeah. So, I mean, granted, even in the morning you when it's cool, but I just, I don't know. I'm just an afternoon hunter. I, it's And it's not that I get up every morning it ain't that I don't get up, but it's just, I've had, over the years, I've had way better luck in the afternoons.
0: See, I always think mornings are the best hunt, but the more, the, the more I look back on it, it seems like we kill more in the afternoons. But, I mean, we killed, I killed that one big eight in the morning and I killed the 11 at night. And then, so it's, I don't know. I've killed it both 50 50. Yeah. It just, I don't know.
1: I just feel like when, you, when you're when you sitting there in the morning, it, it, your hunt's getting worse as the morning's going on. Whenever you're sitting in the afternoon, if, say, if you get in there, your hunt's always getting better. better until it, until it gets it, dark. Yeah. So, um, Cause I've seen a pile of deer in afternoons. You mean you get a cold afternoon? It's there's nothing that beats that right there. So, but anyway, so yeah, we got a lot of that stuff going on. Um Just pretty much grinding out this summer. It's miserable hot. You I mean it is? I I know when it's hot here, but that last weekend I was up there in Georgia. I even looked at the forecast before we went up there, and I knew that Saturday the temperature was calling for a hundred degrees. So, you I mean at nine thirty at night we were sitting out there and I was like sat out there on the porch and got T V and stuff out there and we were sitting there watching T V and it's like nine thirty at night and I was hot, sweat. I'm like, I'm done. I'm going, I'm going inside. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So, you mean it's just it is what it is. You mean but when it comes all down to
0: it and you mean you have success this fall, you'll look back and go
1: it was worth it. Yeah.
0: Well, you, and we're getting better and better as the years go on too, with the setup in Georgia. Like I said, you, you all have got permanent power and water and sewer and stuff like that. And you got air conditioner and, you know, we're getting a little bit, we're getting a little bit higher class, but at least my camper now has got a camper hat up there. It's got, you know, air conditioner in it. It's got, so it's not as miserable. When I was a kid, we didn't have any of that. And they would go up there and try to stay in, you know July and August and do summer food plots or summer work days. When I was a kid and they tried to, you know, my dad would my dad would go up there and have a damn box fan running in his camper and it's still 195 degrees inside of that damn thing. And I'm like, there ain't no way in hell. And as the years get better and I get older and you know we can afford a little bit more as we get our grown up money together and we got a little bit nicer things and it makes it a little bit more enjoyable to go up there and do things. I and mean, it's still hot and miserable and I get it, but you know and you got side-by-sides and buggies and and you know cell cameras and good deer coming in and it just makes makes life a lot easier makes it where you want to go up there and do something yeah absolutely so outside of labor work you're not i'm not putting a damn roof on nothing in georgia no it was yeah i
1: mean i'm i'm good going up there and doing the deer hunting stuff because you mean that you just got it in the back of your mind the whole time you're up there you mean we got a purpose and we're we're doing this for this fall and you mean, we go set in that tree stand that we're over there on the corner of this food plot or whatever, you know that it's all going to be worth it. So, but we didn't, um, between me and you and Zach and my dad and everybody that applies for hunts, I know that was a big thing here in Florida the last, what, week or so ago, two weeks ago that people got their drawings on the quota permit hunts and we didn't get anything. I mean, which granted we were applying for a little bit better hunts and we have between some of us we got significant amount of preference points but just not enough, so which ain't no big deal, you mean. You mean if we were trying to go to South Florida and hunt around here and go to Georgia and hunt, which I just don't have. I ain't tell you, I don't have the time to go on public land this time this year. You mean yeah, like, well
0: the hunts that we applied for were for August fifth and that's whenever I have George Strait in Tampa. Yeah. So, so that's I'm like, all right, do I go to South Florida and sweat my nuts off and maybe see a deer or do I go to the concert that I'll probably be the last time you'll ever see George Strait in person. So I said, no, I'm going, we've already spent an ass load of money on going to see him. And it's going to be hotter than hell over there in Ray J anyways, but hey, at least go and have a good time, stuff yeah. like that. I'll be ready for hunt season. I do know that I'll be ready for opening bow. Yep. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully everybody gets at least get their butt in to stand somewhere. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: Anyway, um, anything else you want to kind of war- add to this one? I know you're fixing to pack up and go back over to the coast and hang out for a day or two. I was going to I was gonna go over there, but I got to be back home because I, le- I fly out Monday morning at like 9 o'clock, so I got to get over there pretty early, and I got to get all my stuff together. I ain't packed yet, and I don't know how many exact days I'm going to be out there, so I got to pack accordingly, and so I got to get all that stuff together, and it just it's got like 80 90 percent rain chance over there tomorrow so i just don't think it's feasible to drive over there for a day and it'd be raining right. all day so
0: yeah if we go over there we'll go we got we got a couple friends that are wanting to come over and for the weekend and this will be our kind of our last real free weekend that as far as i know because we'll have next weekend which you'll be missing it but we'll have our first podcast next podcast weekend over there yeah um but i mean i'll be there you'll be around there somewhere i'm sure you'll probably call me at some point but i know nikki and kevin are coming from south florida and kyle and sam will be over and i think zach and tess will be down at some point and their cousins from georgia pretty much everybody we had up there at archer will be you know, back around so we're going to do a big seafood bowl which like i said it's, it'll be open to everybody we just kind of kind of know what's going on and whatever y'all want to throw in on it but we're going to probably do a big seafood bowl and get some shrimp and crab crawfish and crab legs and this we'll do two different batches and do different things and we'll make a weekend out of it it'll be a Friday through Sunday Monday type deal but we'll have another one there towards the end of the month maybe John'll be back around by then yeah You'll be I'll, caught up I'll plan on I just
1: I couldn't miss this um going up there and I'll be guiding up there in Kentucky whenever opener comes and I just got to go in there up there and put the leg work in because I'm not one of them guides that like shows up right there at the last minute and don't know nothing about the farms or anything or don't set anything up. So this was a kind of a, cause I kind of want to space it out. So I'm home and then I'm gone, I'm home and I'm gone. So yeah, it was a good time for me to go up there and spend a week or 10 days up there and then come back home, be back home for a couple of weeks. And then I can go back up there The sometime first to mid of August and go up there and do about another 10 days and then come back home and then do the final right there. The first of September, I'm going to go up for that velvet hunt. They got up there and then guide yep. for a little bit and then come back home and probably do some stuff, do some hunting around here from personally. And then, then go back up there for the bow opener.
0: Yeah, so that's the best thing to do right there is break it up. That way you at least got an idea of where you're going to hunt and where the deer are at and yeah get some yeah. inventory. Cause you know, she's got one helper but it's still and that's a lot of a lot of places and a lot of acreage to try to cover with one or two people
1: yeah and it's just you I mean i'd be pissed off if i went and paid money for a hunt and then i went up there and my guy didn't know anything about anything I mean i'd be aggravated too so i mean i definitely want to know where i'm going know what i'm talking about and that kind of
0: stuff i just don't i mean but you got still a basic idea from turkey season up there.
1: Yeah, I was up there turkey hunting. I turkey hunted a lot. Which, granted, you mean, honestly, I think turkey hunting is a great time, to, which and I was. I mean, I tried to – I was turkey hunting, but I was trying to go to every farm that I, was, that I could turkey hunt on, just for the sheer fact is I knew there was a good possibility that I would be guiding up there deer hunting. So, you mean – and when you're turkey hunting, you're walking – you're in the woods walking around. You're seeing a lot of stuff that you wouldn't be doing deer hunting. So – I mean, when it comes to putting tree stands up or whatever, you you know, from turkey season, all it, elevation change over here, there's a draw over here and it splits here and that kind of stuff because you turkey hunted in that. So it definitely helps out that I got a turkey hunt a little bit up there. So, but anyway.
0: Well, we'll catch it. We'll get it on the next one. I think RBJ will be down for the next next, podcast weekend. But we'll – uh. I mean, hey, we ain't missing a whole lot. Scalloping ain't that great over there this year anyway, so. Yeah. We've been trying to go out and go fishing, but you got to catch your good weather days when we go out deep, which we got some good marks out there, but like I said, we'll, we'll make a weekend out of it. We got a, there's a private pool and everything there at the campground, so we can, nothing else we'll sit around like we did there last time with Zach and all then Y'all come over and we just sit at that damn pool and drink beer, and we got all of our big cookers and stuff over there, and there's a, well, we'll have a good time. We'll do something, whether it's right or wrong, or. Yeah. get rowdy with it we'll do something yeah absolutely so
1: anyway well we'll be back um it might be it might be next week it might run a hair long um probably gonna be the following week whenever i get back in town so just bear with us um i know it's not we try to be consistent but it kind of
0: it just runs different days different days i'm working late or he's got to go to the, wherever he's got to go and it just i mean luckily rain slowed us down on the farming aspect so we're not we kind of slowed down a little bit there on that but same time we still got to get shit caught up and stuff like that absolutely so
1: anyway alrighty guys well we appreciate you listening if you can give us a rating or a review on wherever you listen to it itunes spotify it definitely helps us out i know y'all been helping with that a lot and active on our social media and stuff so appreciate that and thanks for listening we'll be back next
0: time yep all right guys